Mike and Grayson, it's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 402, Mr. Samich. Huzzah! This is one of my favorite weekends of the year, man. I love the Travers. I just did I just did a Travers preview for the site. I went over every single horse for it. Magic, you got some editing to do, baby. That's the longest preview I've done for any race. It's a good thing. Start putting, I'm going to start putting a three-horse three horse maximum for how many you're allowed to talk about in these previews. Uh, you're not the only offender. That's okay. Uh, was, no, was, it is exciting. I was six deep, and I could not mention the last two. I mean, that's true. I guess if you're you at least bring them up and stuff, that's fine. Anyway, anyways, it is Travers Weekend. We're very excited. Um, it is ungodly hot outside right now in Los Angeles, so I'm a little thrown off. I just walked to Dodger beforehand, so I'm still trying to adjust, readjust my calibration here. But yeah, like you said, Mike, it's Travers Weekend. Uh, if you're excited for Travers Weekend and you're watching this because you like Mike and I, good news. Mike and I are having a three-hour show on Saturday covering Travers, uh, all the grade one action that's happening, pretty much grade one action. Uh, what is it? One of them is the Forgo. That one's early in the day. We're not going to cover that one. But we will be live for that. So uh, make sure you tune in for that. Racing News Live. Uh, Aaron, Jared, and Slim will be live at the track. I'm sure Vinny Blonde from Real Dynasty will be at the track. So they'll be calling in. Uh, if you remember the tournament show with the live dabs uh, with Aaron at the track, that was a huge winner. So it'll be a lot of fun, Mike. I'm very excited, too. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a blast, man. You always mess me up on these big days, too. So we're covering the late pick five, right? I assume we were covering the middle pick five that ends in the Travers. And then I went in and looked at your ticket, luckily, before I put my middle pick five ticket in and noticed that you had a certain horse single. I'm like, oh, he didn't. No, no. Oh, this is what he did. It's the late <laughs> one. I figured you'd want to cover the four grade ones and not leave one of them off to cover some some optional allowances at the end. But hey, you're a man of the people. You're going for the one at the end. I like it. I think you can get better prices there. Uh, yeah, well, that's part of it. Uh, there looks like some more. It's, it's a little bit more of a handicapping challenge. And honestly, if you want all of our thoughts on every grade one race, buy the Traverse Guide. The inside track to the Traverse Stakes Wagering Guide is available now at Racing Dudes. At least maybe pre-sale, but it'll be available soon at RacingDudes.com. That includes um, top four consensus from all of the handicappers, myself, Mike, Aaron, Jared, Papa Dude, Dr. Miranda. I can't remember. If, I honestly don't remember if Slim's name was in that on that page it was really late last night when i was editing that so it was it was supposed remember. to be there was a text message just making sure that slim okay. knew he was on the page i don't know if it actually executed that's true that's true that is very true yeah so anyways yeah go check that out uh if you are a premium uh member to a uh, subscriber to racingnews.com you of course get this included with your membership um uh, however some news real quick because we did see it brought up in the chat here no tournament tomorrow we did have to uh postpone it traverse week just honestly just too much focus on the Traverse right now. So uh, we will push it to postpone to next week. So uh, make sure you watch your information for that one. Uh, very sorry about that. We were looking forward to doing it, but yeah, we just kind of ran out of time. Yeah, it's a bummer, That's but awesome. we'll, be, we'll be back with the tournaments and have an announcement on that front, uh, hopefully shortly here. I'm guessing that'll come out early next week. So we'll definitely let everyone know as soon as we know more. Hey, we got, uh, let's see, three grade one races. This is going to be a lot of fun to talk about. And then a couple races that end on the turf that, uh, 
Not a New York bread uh, made specialty ending in this. It's going to be fun, Mike. Let's get into it, buddy. Ride is up. All right, Mike, first leg of Saratoga's late pick five. Saturday, August 27th, race nine, the grade one personal Ensign stakes. Just a field of five older fillies and mares, but uh, name a filly and mare that isn't older horse that isn't in this race that you'd like to see show up. You've got really great horses here. Clear your mouth, that search results. Uh, Latruska is returning back to try and you know defend her title. That terrible race in the Ogden Phipps. Mike, not only do you like her on top, you're singling her to start the pick five. Yeah, look, I, I believe in Latruska when she gets an early lead. And uh, if you go back and you watch that Ogden Phipps, it was the first time that we had ser seen search results really stretch out. She'd been in mile races, seven furlong races. Yes, she was in the mile and eighth races in the Gazelle and the Oaks and did not fire out as fast in those races, which were specifically two turns. And to me, that is the key here. We're going a two turn mile and an eighth, not a one turn mile and a 16th at uh, it's not a one turn mile and a 16th, which I think is going to make a huge difference. You had that one turn at Belmont search results went crazy early that burned up Latruska mm -hmm. going 23 and three or 22 and three 45 and one. I think you're going to have a completely different setup here. I think you're going to see Latruska get the early lead. I think you're going to see search results back off more. That first turn comes up fast at Saratoga. And if search results doesn't clear Latruska, which by the way, she won't. Search results will back off during that first turn. I think that's going to be the key. You're going to see Latruska get the lead. When she gets loose by a length, length and a half, she gets really, really, really tough. And look, three to one is a crazy price on Latruska. That, like, you have not seen Latruska at this type of price in a long time, especially in the field of five. So I like the value on Latruska. I think the race setup is completely different than what we saw in the Ogden Phillips. Look, if I was going to play another, it would be Clarier. Didn't really want to play the 1-3. So for me, I just went with Latruska, who I think is going to wire this field. I went with the 1-3, but I put Bill Latruska on top as well. And uh, that's actually, boy, it's going to be interesting to see where the uh, what the overall consensus is for this race. Because uh, I also know, if you haven't seen it yet, the preview for this race, uh, YouTube.com slash Racing Dudes, Dr. Miranda previewed it. She's also on Latruska train. Same reason. Speed of the speed. And you really, after, you know, the Ogden Phipps, when search results pressed her so hard, it did them both in. Like, search results, it's got to be, the Flavin Pratt can't be thinking, I'm going to do that exact same thing. It's not going to work. What, we're going to finish third again? No, he wants to win this race. Um, as far as using Clarier, I listen, I know it's a little chalky. She's 6-5. to five. She's the best older filly in the country right now. It's almost the exact same setup as her last two races. Both of those were clear, uh, not clear wins, but wins. Uh, the, the latter one was a, a clear win, but... If Latruskin search results go at it again, it sets up perfectly for Clarier. I get why you don't want to use her here. I agree with JL as well that uh, this is a logical single spot. I did consider doing that, and my ticket would only cost $40 if I did single her. So don't mind that at all, Mike. Yeah, I, I and I agree with this comment too. I, I haven't been able to find three to one fixed on her. I, I don't think you're getting three to one on race day. <laughs> if, I, if you can find three to one fixed somewhere, I think that's a that's a great bet. Um, like you said, it if, if search results doesn't cook her, then I, I think it's going to be awfully tough to beat her. And if your search results, it makes absolutely no sense to go with Latruska. What makes the most sense is to back off Latruska so the two of you can walk and then just see who's better down the lane. I mean, that's what Pratt can do to try and win this race. I would be shocked if that's not the version of, of search results we saw. And again, go back and watch the Ogden Phipps. Search results was trying to slow down that entire half, first half mile. And search results just didn't want to. The, the horse didn't want to. 
last race at Monmouth, much different horse. I, I feel like we're going to see that Monmouth version of search results, not the Belmont version, because we are going two turns here. Chris Kozo's, uh, he's going with search results to win it to, to stock and pounce Latruska. Listen, if Latruska falters, if it turns out that, you know, just like in the Ogden Phipps, she's just done racing. Uh, if search results sits back, that this is how this could be a winning trip for her to not press Latruska is you wait for Latruska to throw in the towel and you'd be the first one to jump on and you make sure you keep Clarier and Malathat behind you. So, uh, Chris, if that's how you see it, you know, a difference of opinion there, but it is possible, right? I mean, Latruska's six, Mike. We say it all the time. When these older mares hit a wall, they hit that wall hard. So uh, you know, the works at Churchill Downs since the uh, since the Ogden Phipps tell me that she's ready to go. But it, it is a gamble, right? Yeah, I mean, look, welcome to horse racing, right? But again, you've never gotten three to one on this horse since the Apple Blossom when she was facing Monomoy Girl. That's the last time we saw three to one on this horse. It's been a minute. And look, she's got nothing left to prove. There's no reason to keep her in training if you think that she's not able to fire. She's done everything you could possibly want from a connections perspective. I, again, you mentioned those workouts. There's no reason. And she's the other thing. She's thrown a clunker in like this before. Like, it's not like the Ogden Phillips is the first time she ran horribly. She Like the last year's the Breeders' Cup, she got cooked early, did the exact same thing, and came back and, and ran well off of that race. So I, I believe in the connections here, and I, I think she's going to have a, a good showing on Saturday. If you think three to one is a pipe dream on the Trusca, let me introduce you to Broom in the Sword Dancer stage for uh, the second leg of the late pick five at Saratoga, race 10. This grade one race, we've got 10 older males going a mile and a half on the inner turf course. That's going to make this a three turn race. And the reason I bring that up, Broom is the three to one favorite from post three, but group two winner at Royal Ascot this summer nearly won the Breeders' Cup turf at Del Mar, only losing to Yabir, who just, you know, freaked. Uh, to catch him that day. Last time out was fourth in a group one race that is considered Britain's middle distance championship for turf. So, you know, pretty good company. This horse has been keeping And By the way, Ryan Moore is going to ride him three to one, Mike. Uh, let's just say I'm singling Latruska. Obviously, the next race, I think he can go pretty short. I will press either the mid or the late pick five. I haven't decided which one I'm going to press yet, but one of them will be pressed through with the one as a single and the three as a single here. Look, I, I had Broom at 20 to one in that, that Belmont ra- or that Breeders' Cup race on top of uh, as a morning line. I better at eight to one that day. I thought she or I thought he ran huge. Obviously, Yabir just monster effort there to win the Breeders' Cup turf. Broom's the best horse in this race, period. Okay, end of story. Let's now. Trip obviously makes a big difference here going a mile and a half on the turf. You've got more coming over. I do like a couple others in here that I think have a reasonable shot at being able to beat Broom. But Broom is the best horse in this field. It's whether or not he's able to get the job done. Um, I'm going to put him on top. I'm going to use two others in this spot. I'm going to use Hamo on the rail. I was happy to see the horse win. That, to me, was the key with Hamo. He had hung twice in a row in my mind. Seeing him win means, okay, we'll believe him. And also... Your boy Flavian Pratt, like seriously, ever since we started razzing him, he has done very well. He has another, I think, two or three wins today, and he had a, a masterful ride. I believe it was in the seventh today um, with that one up the rail. So wonderful job by, by Pratt today um, and really the last two weeks. So he's, he's kind of come around at Saratoga. So I'll use the one at Hamo. I noticed you left at Hamo off your ticket. Why was that? Uh, well, I, you know, I did have Broom here, and my ticket was a little chalkier. But to me, that Adamo, that was his race, the United Nations. That's when I wanted to catch him to win. And, uh, you know, I, I was very confident that that was he was going to be a grade one winner, and he got it. To me, this is a tougher field. The only one he's really bringing over is Tribuvan, who I'm using, but not for a reason other than it's freaking Tribuvan that, you know, he could go gate to wire at any point. Gufo, I'm going to use as well, but we can talk about that in a second. To me, Adamo, that was the race that he could win. It was a good setup for him. 
lighter competition. Uh, to me, this is just going to be too tough. I mean, especially at seven to two. Really, the only difference in the competition is Brooms here, right? I mean, Gufo and Tripuvin were the first and second choices in that that race, and he won. There is a couple long shots I like. <laughs> I know. But yes, I saw that. as far as as far as the price horses go, yes. I saw how deep you went. So I, I was. Uh, I'm not not shocked by that. Let's talk about one of them. We both use the eight horse, Soldiers Rising. Uh, it's a four year old who I believe is on the upswing out of the Christophe Clement barn. Loves Saratoga. Two races, one win, one second. Has not won a race, run a race good enough to win this yet. But sure seems like it could be in there. And at 15 to one, it's worth taking a shot. Is that the, the same logic that you use, Magic? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're also, uh, you know, the fact that he lost to Channel Maker, that Grand Cartier was, it, it was set up perfectly for Channel Maker and, and perfectly against Soldier Rising. And now that the script kind of flips here for me in, in this scenario. So, you know, we neither of us, at least I didn't use Channel Maker. I don't think you did as well. Um, you know, Jose Ortiz has ridden this horse extremely well every time, you know, two wins a defeat by a neck and then another defeat by less than a length. So I, it's one of those cases where it's like, you almost feel like this is too much of a step up at this point in his career, but we're getting a great price and we're getting a really great jockey. One that I, somebody might've predicted would win the Saratoga riding title this year. Uh, Don't want to name names. Oh, no, it's not over yet. Give it time. Give it time. Uh, I don't think there's enough time left. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) But still, yeah, like it was also a horse that, you know, Soldier Rising, forget when they, uh, don't forget when they purchased him privately from Europe and brought him over, they went straight into the Grade 1 Saratoga Derby, uh, finished second to a next out winner. And then they brought him back to Jockey Club Derby. And so the next leg of that turf triple uh, loses to Yabir, who ends up becoming the Breeders' Cup turf champion. Like he's got very good company. He's always shown up. It's just he needed to put things together. And it seems like this year with Jose Ortiz, those last three starts, I'll tell me, Mike, that he is putting it together. So 15 to 1, maybe this is when we catch him at a great price. I know that's this is the time, right? Because if you, if he wins this race and he pays twelve to one, fifteen to one, you want no part of him next time at five to two or seven to two, right? <laughs> so this is the opportunity to get that price on Soldiers Rising. Uh, I like the fact that he just keeps taking step forward this year. Like you said, since Jose Ortiz got on the mount, he keeps getting better and better and better, and it's incrementally better. It's not like I'm going to bounce like a mofo off this better, right? It's like, hey, I'm just going to keep improving, and that's right. that one step up is what we need here. And I, I think that the mile and a half is the right distance for Soldiers Rising. So hopefully that that fifteen to one. Uh, pays off. Got a lot of Goofo talk in the chat, and I'm excited about this Goofo talk. Uh, you know, we got the Goofo is a fraud. We got uh, I'll take a shot. He goes, I'm, I'm gonna will not get burned by Goofo again. JL saying he'll take one for the team by using him. <laughs> this horse was on my ticket. This horse was off my ticket. This horse was on my ticket. This horse ended up off my ticket. So I'm in the I'm in the I'm not gonna play Goofo here. There was some trip compromise last time out, which seems to be a common occurrence for Goofo. You did use Gufo here. Yep. Why? If things are backwards. I never use Gufo. I hate Gufo, but Gufo's first of all, Gufo's nine to two. That's yeah. a, this is the best. But you talked about uh, a good uh, reason. Another price horse. Yeah, so we're getting nine to two on him. Uh, adding the blinkers back on caught my attention. This horse put blinkers on last summer, won a race, then went to the Sword Dancer and won with blinkers on again. It didn't repeat the next two races in Grade Ones, but it was also the Turf Classic and then the Breeders' Cup Turf. So big competition point being when Clemence put blinkers on this horse before it's really improved the horse so uh he loves Saratoga you know he's got the win in the second uh over this course uh you know he's three for five at the distance to me I always was against this horse because I thought he was overrated and that his price made it so he wasn't playable but at nine to two I, I mean I really love this spot 
I like him at nine to two more than I like Tripuvin at five to one, more than I like Channelmaker at eight to one. I, I, I more than I like Rob Remper at eight to one. I think his price is more appropriate of his actual win chances versus any of those three horses. This was literally the last one off my ticket. It was between this horse and the nine, which is off the claim, second to last race. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I may change it by the end of this. The, look, you're getting the right price on Gufo for the first time in six races. So that's that's the real reasoning. Now, the question is, is he actually going to be 92 on race day? I, I can't answer that. I would think so, because I think Broom's going to take a lot of money. And Hamo is going to get bet. Tripuvan, I think, is going to get bet, bet down from five to one. So maybe today is finally the day for Gufo here, but the, the the price makes it at least reasonable in this spot. You can't back him at two to one anymore, right? Like that, those days are over. Yeah, well, and that's the, the, I had a lot of fun doing that, and you know I'm gonna miss those days. But yeah, nine and two, I'll take him. Um, I mentioned Chip Even real quick. I'll go through the rest of mine uh, just because he could go gate to wire channel. Excuse me, Channel Maker. The last time they faced each other, uh, completely blew his start and was out of it from the. And that's what allowed Chip Even to do what he did. If Channel Maker is right on the muscle with Chippy Van uh, from the start, and that's how they go, no, I don't think he's got a shot in hell of winning. But at this point, you know, I don't know what to do. If Channel Maker's here, you kind of have to use Chippy Van. At least I feel that way, um, the way things are running. And then also, my second choice here in the race is number 10 Mirror Mission at 12 to 1 uh, for Ian Wilkes. I think this horse has actually got a lot of potential here. Uh, even if he's not going to win, I think hitting the board is a strong possibility. If you look at who he's been facing or what he's been running, the Forbidden Apple, likely just to prep, I think a mile's too short for him. Uh, remember that his sire is a full brother to Frankel, and Dynaformer Dam means distance influence. So this horse should be perfectly suited to go on a half. Lost to Santine by a neck two races back, and a grade one Santine would be, what, four to one, five to one here. So I look at that, and I see that there's a lot of value. And you also, this horse lost the grade one maker's mark, again, going a mile, which I think is a little too short for him. That was one of the toughest races of the year, regardless of surface or any kind of condition, the way that, you know, the horses that were in that race and lost by just a length and a quarter. And, you know, again, too short of a distance. I thought it was a good account of himself. So at 12 to one, I think this horse is very, very, very sneaky. A lot like soldier rising at 15 to one. I hate the post for him. That, that is my biggest issue it here. It, it, that being out in that 10, it's just, it's just trouble, trouble from your emission. When you think about Leperoux and, and winning these type of races, going long on the turf at Saratoga, which he has done about once a year at a big price, right? Usually it's wiring the field. And in this right. case, that's not what Mira Mission wants to do. Now, Mira Mission has kind of some sneaky speed because we've seen Mira Mission go shorter. And so she will be more forwardly placed going a mile and a half. But zero chance she makes the lead with Tripuvan and Channelmaker in here. And the fact that she's the third widest of those three makes me really worry going into that first turn. The type of trip you get, we know how important right now it is at Saratoga to save ground right? Especially going three turns on the turf. I would be surprised if Leperu's on the rail any turn. And that's going to make it very difficult in my mind for a horse that, that needs everything to go right to beat this field, to, to know going into it, it's going to be tough for everything to go right for the horse. Joey says home is going to go wide AF. Right, that's my, you know, hopefully doesn't happen, but it's possible. Strong synopsis of my, my longer rant. <laughs> Uh, let's move on, Mike. The race that people all want to hear us talk about, the grade one Traverse Stakes. This is the middle leg of the late pick five Saturday, August 27th. In this race 11, they're going to mile a quarter on the main track. And this almost, I was thinking about it this morning. This kind of feels like we're going to see an Avengers movie on Saturday because we know the cast of characters backwards and forwards. We we know their backstories. We know how they got here. We know who's doing what and you know everything that's involved. We even have our theories about what's going to happen moving forward. So in this big battle, this epic showdown, What's your theory? If they were Avengers, which one is Rich Strike? 
I mean, because Epicenter's Hawkeye. Captain, Epicenter's Captain America, right? I mean, Hawkeye might even be too nice to Rich Strike. Uh, anyway, look. Um, there are I people the, who like Hawkeye. I mean, Rich Strike. Yeah, well, that's true. I guess maybe the new Rich Strike then, because people like the new or the new the new Hawkeye with Kate Bishop. Maybe maybe right. Rich Strike with Kate Bishop, right? Plucky plucky yeah. underdog. Anyway, oh, and uh, look at look at the chat. Everybody said Hawkeye the same time <laughs> I did. Love it. Let's go. All right. So, um, look, I'm going to take Captain America here. Uh, no, Epicenter should be your clear favorite in this spot. You got seven to five. Like, no, people like Loki. Uh, people like okay. And never mind. We're on a tangent. Uh, Epicenter has multiple ways to win this race. That's why he's a deserving favorite. We saw him be able to be tactical early in his career. Joel Rosario has decided to strangle this horse the last two and see what he can do coming from the back and. Look at that. He was pretty good. Runs second in the Preakness to early voting off of a pretty rough trip and then absolutely looks phenomenal in the Jim Dandy. If we get that Jim Dandy epicenter and, and there's no trip trouble, this could be very tough for anyone to beat him. I think there's a, a select few that can. And this is an interesting spot because I think you have a lot of horses that we know are not good enough that you can definitely leave off tickets. But there's some prices that you want to kind of think about including that may be good enough come Saturday. So for me, Epicenter was the top pick. I assume Epicenter was yours as well because, shocker, you're singling him here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I singled him here. Uh, listen, there are a couple – there are two horses that I think have a good chance, a, a logical chance of beating him. One of them you used. Uh, let's talk about that one, Cyberknife, because you talked about all the great points about Epicenter. I don't need – it's like at this point I'm telling you about Iron Man 18 movies and, like, come on, if, you, if I need to tell you about it, you haven't been paying attention. Um, Cyberknife, that was one of those two horses. I actually initially thought I was going to go too deep here and use Cyberknife. That, uh, that win in the Haskell was impressive. Um, but the more I look back at that, the more I think, was he impressive? Like he, it was a great, you know, performance. He got the, the nice buyer for it, but he also got a dream trip up the rail. Table was a little jacky and, and probably should have beat him that race. I kind of talked myself out of Cyberknife, but Brad Cox has always been high on this horse and you're using him. Yeah, I mean, let's let's play this out, right? Early voting goes to the lead. I think Cyberknife and Arturis are probably the next two fastest horses in this race. And I don't think early voting can wire the field. I have early voting issues, especially after watching the Jim Dandy. I will be interested to see what Aaron and Jared and Slim say about early voting in the paddock. I think that's going to make a big difference, but we have to bet the pick five before we go see him in the paddock. And I'm not willing to risk a washed out <laughs> sweaty early voting on my tickets when I would rather go in other directions. Cyberknife's going to get a great trip here. Like he should sit the pocket and should get first run up the rail if he wants it. Arturis is going to sit right outside of him. Should get first run outside. Those are the two I'm taking to beat Epicenter because if there's trip trouble, guess what? It's one of the ones with first run that's going to beat him. It's not someone who's going to like fly from behind him like we've seen in other weird spots. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very well put. Um, by the way, if you see me looking forward, it's because I figured out how to tell if the mute button's on. So, haha. We're not going to have it. It yeah, shouldn't have any more problems with that. It's the little flashing red thing there, Magic. Come on. Yeah. I didn't realize it flashed when it was me. Anyways, uh, point is, um, I listen, I, yeah, Cyberknife, I think, could get it. I will tell you from being at Del Mar firsthand and watching a lot of replays building up to my time at Del Mar last weekend, Florent Giroux is not a good jockey on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, this guy has ridden Gunrunner, Monomoy Girl, uh just to name those two like champion of champions is riding cyberknife a multiple grade one winner he can't get a five thousand dollar claimer home to save his life so it's it's unbelievable how, how up and down he can be with his riding so you know he gave him a perfect ride in the haskell and he gave gunrunner plenty of perfect rides 
Yeah, I don't know what kind of rider's going to give him here. Like, I could kind of see if CyberNF has trip trouble, I think I know how I'm going to blame, and it's going to be the little dude on top. Yeah, let's let's say uh, I lovingly call Joel, well, I mockingly call Joel Rosario bell curve. I'm not willing to call Florent Giroux bell curve because there's no phenomenal rides on the first side of the bell curve there, right? You got to have like ridiculously good and ridiculously bad. He's just got like don't fall off from grade one victories. The, the ride in the Haskell was pretty good, but it kind of just opened up for him. And then, like, he's got some really treacherous rides and some really good horses. If you go back and you watch as well, uh, the horse that the turf horse that, that comes to mind, the one, the, oh, God, it's a Cox horse, too. That it was the finished third, I want to say, in the mile as a favorite. Anyway, gets his horse in trouble every time. Some of his trips, he goes so damn wide on the turf, it is wildly ridiculous in these big races, especially on closers. This is one, though, you don't have to be great to do this right, okay? You don't. Stay on the rail, stay behind the seven, make your move around the far turn. If you're good enough, you win. That's all you got to do in this spot. It really should not be that difficult for Laurent Drew to have this horse in the right spot. Uh, the other horse you're going to use in here is uh, not one that I thought had a chance to defeat uh, Epicenter, but I think a great chance to hit the board, and that is Spider-Man, uh, also known as Artorias. Uh, you know, Shadi loves Artorias, really hoping to take the step up in class. Only one time, the Curlin hasn't been around for that long, but... Only one time in the last, I think, 15 years has the winner of the Curlin Stakes won the Traverse Stakes. Do you know who that horse was, Mike? Curlin to Traverse? The only horse to complete the double so far. Was it one of the ones that dead heated? No, you're right around the same era. I think it was two years before. VE Day. Uh-huh. VE Day is the one that did it. Anyways, point is, Artorias is going to try and do it. And there are a lot of people here in the chat um, that are, are with you. They're using, there you go. Mark knew it. Uh, see if somebody listened to Saratoga, some backside vlog a few uh, weeks ago, he actually talked about that. Anyways, let's That's talk about Artorias. I'm going to go to the chat here. You tell us why you think Artorias can complete the double. Well, one of the first, so we, we, I used to write these article, these handicapping 301s. And one of the first things that we wrote was unknowns versus knowns. There are really two unknowns in here, right? We kind of know how good everyone is except for ain't life grand and Arturius. Arturius, yeah. because ain't life grand because he's never faced this competition. It's a big time step up. Works like crazy over the Saratoga track. So I could see why people want to make a case for him, especially at 20 to 1. You don't really know. Arturius, we don't know how good Arturius is yet. And that to me is the key. There's upside in just really one of these horses, and that's Arturius. He could take a monster step forward, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. That last race was the first time that that horse had gone around two turns. It was the first time the horse went a mile and an eighth, and he dusted them. I mean, dusted them. And yeah, the time wasn't as great. It was the day before. I get all of that. But man, he was not all out. He was in control the whole time. He looked completely comfortable. I believe there is more in the tank. And if Arturius keeps taking steps forward, man, this horse is dangerous. And then let's not forget, you've got Ortiz on both of these. Ortiz is on Arturius and early voting. Shenanigans early could happen here. And if it does, I think it benefits Mm -hmm. Arturius the most. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I, I I keep looking at Irad riding and sitting here. Go when you were like you thought that Artorias would be farther ahead than Epicenter. I was like, I don't know about that. And you look at Epicenter's last three races, not just the Derby, but the Preakness and Jim Dandy. Rosario's taken him back, and even time form has adjusted the early pace ratings. Artorias is rated slightly higher. Well, uh, yeah, that's uh, oh boy, Irad and his shenanigans. Mm. Let's 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 just for a second. I'm going to say something, and you tell me how you're going to react to this. Okay, the heavy favorite is sitting in the sixth post. And the two fastest horses outside of that horse are right to the inside and outside, both trained by Chad Brown and ridden by an Ortiz brother. 
What do you think is going to happen at the break, Magic? Oh, I'm just thinking saying. Be a nice like, juicy could, cheeseburger, nice juicy cheeseburger sandwich is what's going to happen. If I could get the Ortiz brothers pinch epicenter at anywhere near minus one fifty or better, I'm all over that thing, baby. This <sighs> epicenter is going to get pinched out of the gate because early voting is going to come in, and Arturius isn't going to give up his spot. You know I'm right too. Look at this. Look at that is the face of a concerned man who is not sure if he should single a seven to five shot because he knows this that is, there's going to be some this shenanigans. Is the face of, this is the face of a man who can't take one more public live on air epicenter defeat. That's what the, <laughs> that face is. I will agree. An epicenter <laughs> is not a sandwich because there's no bread in this case. <laughs> no, just two, just two uh, Ortizes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, boy. Okay. You know what? I'm not joking. I might. I'm gonna have to sit here and think about this because I might go back and single the Chuska and throw Artorias on here. I, uh, you got you got me a little scared about that now, Mike. I'm not gonna not gonna lie. I actually didn't even notice the Arturius sandwich or the epicenter sandwich that was coming up until I just looked at this. It's like, it's two Ortizes. They're the two speed horses. Epicenter sitting in the middle of them. And Rosario has been very lackluster on epicenter the last two breaks. Like very lackluster. It, it's not a great spot for Rosario to be sitting with that horse getting pinched going into that stretch for the first time. Uh, here, Kevin Up brings this up. Uh, ain't life grand in the try? Wouldn't that be something? The old Iowa State bread stakes to Travis route never fails. Uh, don't forget, uh, Nick's go won the Breeders Cup Classic after the uh, what was it? The the Cornhusker handicap. Yeah, so you can do it. You can go from Prairie Meadows and win big Grade One races there. Seriously though, uh, you know the, the Von Hamels, very close friends of the of the racing dudes. Um, if you didn't see it yet, Saratoga Slim's latest backside vlog, he interviews Kelly Von Hemel. It's about five minutes long. Go listen. It's a great story. You can hear all about how he helped the dudes get started. But Mike, separate heart from head. Ain't life grand. Realistically, what's his what's his ceiling in this race? Ceiling? Uh, third. Realistically, I think he probably runs fourth through sixth, somewhere in that range. Yeah. I'm thinking about that too. Uh, you know, I'd love to see him do well. Aaron said, "If uh, if Ain't Life Grand wins the Travers, he may not wake up Sunday." I believe that one. Uh, be a lot of partying for that one. Uh, I, listen, we're I, five minutes. To, go ahead. I would say he's probably going to wake up in jail. That would be the favorite <laughs> if, Ain't Life, if Ain't Life Grand wins that race. In jail uh, or in the porch, one of the two. <laughs> handcuffed next to Kelby, <laughs> they'll be in the same. Same cell right there. Uh, listen, we're five minutes to post to race nine at Saratoga. It's the risk averse stakes. Um, I have a filly in this, uh, Amore, who uh, is a long shot, probably not going to win. But if we're a little distracted, it's because both of us are actually watching a Saratoga race during the show, not just Mike. So uh, I think the clicking you heard was Mike punching in his bets for the race, too. I was actually playing the pick for Delmar. That was what the clicking was. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, because Delmar's second just went off, and my my I didn't use the favorite in the first, and so I got busted up. Now I need the favorite to hang on here in a photo. And I think we're going to get home. This night is, see, nope, 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 yep, nope, maybe, nope. All right, okay. regroup after that one. Um, real quick, on the Travers. Yes. I talked about this on Dudes Who Bet Daily today. I've got low four figures down on this race already. I had mid five figures on the Belmont. I'm going to try and get to low five figures at some point here. All of it will be against Rich Strike. I talked about this for the Belmont Stakes. I want. I think it's important we talk about it again here. If you have sports books that you bet at, if you have offshores that you bet at, there are fixed odds markets that allow you to bet head-to-head -head bets on every one of these matchups. Um, you can find places where you're getting right. I I found some uh, Arturius minus 120 heads up against Rich Strike. So which one will oh finish ahead of each other? Minus 120 Arturius. I found early voting 
even money against Rich Strike. I took some of that. I found Cyberknife minus 145 against Rich Strike. I took some of that. I'm going to, over the next two days, try and find as many chances I can. I will take literally any horse except Gilded Age against Rich Strike if the price is right. I'm looking for Ain't Life Grand somewhere in the three to one range. I think I'll probably be able to get it um, in head to head matchups going into this race. I mean, to me, that is the best way to make money on this Travers is to completely fade Rich Strike again, just like we did in the Belmont. Damn, you're, you're, why why you gotta do that to our boy Gilded Age? I he earned his points in the fantasy league. If, yeah, you know what? Look, if I get Gilded Age at five to one against Rich Strike, I'll take it. I I am confident. I think Rich Strike is running seventh or eighth in this race, and so I'm looking at pretty much anyone else. And, and Gilded Age is the one horse who I think is also back there. But if you are on, you can find this on FanDuel. You can find this on Bovada. You can find this on Sports uh, on Bookmaker. You can find this on a bunch of different places. You got to wait until the fixed odds markets come up. Generally, they don't start coming up until two days before the race. The Derby and the Belmont comes up like a week ahead of time. So you get a lot of time to be able to put it in. All of these come up slowly. Check back on your books tomorrow morning, then check back tomorrow night, and then check back Saturday morning. And as soon as you start seeing these pop up, if you can get head-to-head matchups, fading rich strike, I think it's a great way to attack this type of race. Man, they need to hurry up and make the sports or yeah, sports gambling legal in California. It's driving me crazy. Uh, I think it's on the docket. I think I think it's one of the propositions. Anyways, yeah. uh, listen, if, if Rich Strike wins this, we all lose just as it always should be. Bet Online has it right now up. It looks like uh, JL said. I've, I've been like looking through the different books all day today, trying to find anyone that has these offered. Um, I'll keep doing that because all these books will have them most likely by Saturday, um, and so whenever they get up, you get a shot at, at taking a piece of them. Which, right, Marla's against you. She says Rich Strike's going to show up this time. So, see, here's the thing. Uh, I think he showed up at the Belmont. <laughs> I, that was that was impressive from the Belmont perspective. Almost a career high buyer, right? Well, if you take out the Derby, it was. And, and to me, like, and I, I mentioned this in the preview, the Derby is the least valuable data point in dirt racing in the U.S. all year. There is no other race where you have 20 horses in a dirt race go to the gate. There's no other. And like, and then on top of it this year, that, that data point becomes even less valuable to me because they went 45 in the opening half. So that like, I basically have drawn a line through the Derby for this entire handicapping year. Um, and if you, if you like, like cyber knife, the Derby is the one knock against him. but you know what? You draw a line through that race for me. And so if I'm drawing a line through the, through that race for cyber knife through Tava for Tava, then I have to draw a line through through it for Rich Strike and through Epicenter as well. As I can't use that as a handicapping tool because you got to chuck the whole race out. You can't just choose your spots and where that data is valuable and where it's not. All great points. And remember, Mike's preview for the Travers will be up at racings.com and youtube.com slash racing dudes. Hey, probably an hour from now. So if you listen to this later, hopefully it's up by then. Uh, <laughs> we'll, talk college football. we'll talk college football later. I got We got some more football stuff to talk after this too. I like this. Okay, cool. We'll get we'll get through these next ones quickly. They're not stakes races, but they are uh, some good betting races here, including the penultimate leg of the late pick five at Saratoga on Saturday, August 27th. Race 12, five and a half furlong outer turf sprint for New York Red Maiden Males, three and up. Where are you going on top, buddy? Oh, give me the four horse here, Empire Sky. This one's interesting. Uh, Kathleen DeMasi is a good trainer. She does not come to New York very often. This horse ran second in back-to-back races at Monmouth. In open company, we are now shipping in to face state-bred New York horses on Travers Day. I think that tells you what Kathleen DeMasi thinks of this horse. In case you wondered who owned it, it's Kathleen DeMasi. So I think the four horse is going to show up and going to look very good here. Four to one, I think, is a very good price in the field. The favorites are getting close to career maidens at this point, and that makes you start to kind of be a little more skeptical on some of these other horses that are coming in and trying to win here. 
Uh, I didn't use the four horse. I didn't like coming uh, to me. Monmouth Open Company versus you know Saratoga Traverse Day New York brands. It's a little. I, I didn't see it as any kind of real class change there. Um, I, you know, also the fact that the horse finished second or finished third to the same horse that finished second both times. So you know, was there really any improvement? You know, was Jerry's turn just kind of a run in place horse as well? Uh, didn't really like the showing, but you bring up great points about you know the trainer coming over. Uh, the jockey Kendrick Carmouche, I don't know, didn't know why he's off his mounts today. Do you know why? And will he be riding this horse on Saturday? I'm assuming that he is sick because we had Gomez okay. off last week for COVID. Mario was off last week for not COVID, but sick. So there's clearly something going around there outside of COVID and COVID in the jockey's room at Saratoga. So I'm going to go ahead and just assume it's it's because of that, but I have not looked it up. Uh, all right. For me, top pick number seven, Haymack, it's Jack. Sorry, I'm watching the horse race at uh, Saratoga. Uh, <laughs> Haymack, it's Jack at three to ones. Uh, you know, you talked about the career. They're getting close to Caribbeans. I'm using them here. Uh, but for me, the seven ran well in all four turf sprints this year's add blinkers while I riding for the third time. And the fact that I read came within a neck last time. This horse seemed like it's hung is uh, both times I has been aboard. I like, let's put blinkers on. This horse is close. This will just be the thing that changes it. So I'm hoping that's the difference there. Did you use the seven? Yeah, I did. I mean, look, I, the IRAD switch makes sense to me. Also, this horse is not like as career maiden-y as some others because five of those <laughs> efforts were four, four of those efforts were over the dirt and the first one I'm going to throw out. So really, it's just the last four you have to be worried about. And you did see marketed improvement that last race specifically. And yeah, like we have back-to-back -back seconds, but that was a lost head bob. That wasn't a like we hung and lost by a neck. We weren't trying. That was a horse that lost a photo. I'm not going to hold that against a horse as much as I will a horse that consistently runs a half length back in second that clearly just doesn't want to pass anyone. So for me, the seven was the other one that I thought you, you kind of had to use here. Um, I did use the eight as well on my ticket, Sir John. Look, this one cutting back, I think, is just really interesting in this spot. You've got uh, Mott, who is sneaky good second off a layoff, 24% with a $2.59 ROI. We're cutting back off that last race where we showed speed and quit. I like cutbacks when you show speed and quit. I love the 12 to 1 price. And, you know, like this isn't really a group of world beaters here. The buyers fit going long already. If we can take any type of step forward here, second off a layoff on the improvement, I think we got a legit shot to get it done. <laughs> she almost got second she was dead in the water in the turn she almost got second sorry no, i was okay. listening i was listening to you sir john uh a horse i looked at considering using i uh, didn't do it but that i know that the cutback when they show speed going through turns um i know that's a huge angle for you so it's one i considered um uh, kind of on that note i did use a sias horse the five right for mischief uh it seems like a horse you know two back going seven furlongs at belmont uh was 81 to one uh, it almost pulled the upset there. And then we switched to size. You feel like if you watch that race, if size has been aboard, eh, maybe it maybe doesn't win, but gets uh, gets really close there. Uh, oh, you had the seven. Oh, that's a good thing, right? Didn't you want no. the seven, Mike? No, I had the seven single in the last race to try and get the pick five home. This pick five is going to be painful. I'd be six oh. deep to this thing, and it's going to pay. Oh. Uh, anyways, right for mischief, size got aboard last time out was stuck wide the whole time. There was a lot more speed in that race than what I think we're going to see here. You never know. Uh, but for me, I'm going to ride with this. Uh, by the way, this is the first time Saez and Jimmy Bond have uh, had a mount at this Saratoga meet. So the stats you see there are 37 mounts at last year's meet, 16% with an almost $2 ROI. So, you know, they team up pretty well together. So we'll see if the five can pull off that eight to one upset.
I went back and forth on this five force. I do love it when Saez gets a board for, for James Bond, uh, that the two of them team up very well together. When you look at, you know, Bond's overall winning percentage is at 14. When he gets Saez aboard, it jumps up to 16 here at Saratoga. So you get a little bit of a bump there. But generally, you see him ride the better horses uh, for the barn. So it usually is a tip of the hand. I went back and watched that last race. I just couldn't find the reason. Like, like we were wide, and so maybe you could say, okay, if we're not wide, we're going to be better. But, like, he still didn't hold on at all compared to, to Haymack as Jack the 7. And so I'm going to take a chance and leave the 5 off the ticket. Last one on for me was the 9, Steerage. This is just a, one of those where, like, we're switching from Samuel to Rosario, and we're jumping up in class. This is a claimed horse. It's claimed for 40000 as a maiden, and they jumped this horse up to a state-bred maiden special weight. Clearly, they think they found a deal here, and they'd like the talent in the horse. Rosario says, yeah, I'll take them out. That's a huge upgrade from Samuel. Should sit a pretty good trip. There's enough speed in here that I think that if we sit outside and make one big run, that we got a shot. And so I'll take the 6-1 to one price on steerage off the claim as well. Thought about it, didn't you? We're kind of all over the place in this race, and... <laughs> Oh man, this feels like a mess of a race here. Uh, I'm actually I'm going to cheat now. I'm going to look to see if we had any other agreement here. No, we just agreed on the seven. That's the only one we went with. Uh, that's what it was. Yeah, the race? other Holy Chad God. Brown and the other other Chad Brown just went off at of fourteen and nineteen to one in a stakes race at Saratoga and combined for the exacta. Wow. It's wow. One hundred thirty dollar exacta for a buck. Well, and and, and Murray, you know, somehow hitting the board there at eight to one. That's going to make that try also really solid. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I feel, your, I feel your pain, Chris. I feel your pain. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm going to keep going here. Uh, I did use the two feathers road as well, seven to two. Uh, effort three back when losing by a head to the next out allowance winner would take this. Was it finishing ahead of Haymack? It's Jack in that race. Haymack, it's Jack had some trip trouble. Uh, but again, like Haymack, it's Jack. The horse ran well in all four turf sprints this year. It feels like it's sitting on the, the winning effort there. So I'll, I'll bite the bullet. I also use the rail horse Carissa for uh, David Donk, John Velasquez. Uh, the dam is half to a horse named King Carissa. If you remember, this horse was a 10-time turf stakes winner, mm -hmm. including twice winning both the poker and the forbidden apple. Uh, don't like that he has to debut on the rail, but Johnny V's riding. It's Donk on turf in New York. It's The dam side says there's plenty of win early potential, even at age three. So I'm going to use him. I'd like him a hell of a lot more, Mike, if he wasn't on the rail, though. Yeah, that was the reason I left off the one. It was sheerly the rail draw. Um, I, I just didn't want to play play him at five to one. If, if Jose was on this horse too, I may be a little more interested. The Don Jose Ortiz thing is generally a, a tip of the hand too when that's the best Don horses. Uh, Blas was going to have to try and send from the rail. I think there's other speed in here that's going to make his life tough there. As far as the two feathers road, this is a career maiden for me. One Run 11 times, two, four seconds, four thirds. I just, I can't. Like if this horse beats me, fine. But I like you're going to take, the, the two is going to take money. And I'm just not willing to to play a horse that's three to one that really likes to run second and third. I mean, it's you. I can't argue that <laughs> eight for eight for eleven on the board, no wins. Yeah, no, you can't go for that. Uh, let's move on, Mike. Fifth and final leg of the late pick five at Saratoga on Saturday, August twenty seventh. Race nine, a first level allowance for nine fillies and mares, three and up. Going a mile on the inner turf course, Chad Brown's got a pair in here, including the number two Invincible Gal, five to two morning line favorite. Loves to burn tickets. One for 12 lifetime, five seconds. All those seconds coming in either stakes or graded stakes. She's earned over $180,000. Horse you love to lo uh, to own, but man, as far as betting her to win, she's got to be frustrated by this point. She does. 
she's with her friends today though right like she was kind of with her friends last time but it felt like that you know that the two turns is going to be a good thing for her not that one turn mile at belmont i'm going to put the two on top here i don't trust her but i'm going to put her on top she is the best horse in the race um and, and pratt's been riding exceptional by the way that was another flavian pratt at 14 to 1 as well on that seven um so pratt has been riding exceptional at saratoga specifically over the turf course and this is the best horse in the race. She does kind of find ways to not win all the time, but we can excuse a lot of those efforts because who she was facing and where she was facing them. So this is the right spot for her. She was a favorite last time, but that was off the bench. And that was from like almost a full year. We're talking 10 months off. So second off the layoff, you got Brown clicking at 30%. I think this is a good spot for Invincible Gal. And this field didn't come up with a bunch of world beaters either. Yeah, the, the lone career win coming sprinting over this course on debut. I'll use her. She's going to get there. I Listen, there was a horse that uh, I already forgot her name because she was that unimportant. Uh, that was with Chad Brown for forever, kind of very similar, that raced at Del Mar in an allowance race uh, last Saturday. And I went against her because I was like, gosh, she just looks like she's going to hang all the time. She finally dropped down to first level allowance and then she won. And I was like, well, of course she did. That actually makes perfect sense. So similar setup here for Invincible Gal. I won't let her beat me. Next up for me, swing, swing, tent pole. <laughs> I was saving that. Thank you for beating me to it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Uh, next up for me, the number nine, all the way at the bottom of the page, are Miss Taparado at five to one. I feel like if I use the two, I've got to use her. She outfinished the two by a neck last time out. Buyers continue improving. You know, very lately raced, it seems like she had a lot of issues getting to the track, but now she's on the track at age five, showing improvement. New tactic last time out, dropping back, making a run. Seemed like it worked, so we can try that again here at uh, two turns in Saratoga. Yeah, uh, I didn't use her. I, I like, and I, I get why, but I, the post here to me again is just—it's a wild flip from going to that one from the one post where you want to save all the ground to going to the nine post where you're all the way to the outside and you just beat the two by that much. And the two is first off the layoff. Now you're getting second off the layoff, where that was third off the layoff for the nine. There's just enough factors here that that make me feel like the two is a better horse and kind of covers the nine. So I'm I'm willing to get beat by the nine in this spot, even though the nine was able to beat the two last time. Um, did you did you look at the post at all and factor that in, or was that not something that was as big of a concern for you here? Not as much of a concern. I th in my own personal experience, I've let that affect me too much, so I'm trying to be better about that. But that's that's a me thing. That's not a that's yeah. That's something you need to worry about. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go to the inside for my second pick. I'm going to go with Parnak, the, the one horse here. This is second off the layoff, second time in the U.S. for the Christophe Clement barn. Joel Rosario picks up the mount. This is another one where in that race, you know, broke from the two and nine, but was six wide around the turn because of the ride that that uh, Rosario gave it. Th that horse was coming. Uh, that horse was was at, that was at Belmont, obviously, this race that we're talking about. So all of these horses kind of a little bit different trip wise because this is two turns versus the one. But I think the one's going to be able to save every bit of ground around the first turn and the second turn and make one big run. Clement is starting to heat up a little bit from a, just a training perspective. I think he can take that. Uh, Parnak takes a step forward here and Rosario is going to save ground two turns and hopefully work a trip out here. Didn't, <laughs> didn't end up using uh, the horse, but, or I'm sorry, I did Parnak. I'm sorry. I was thinking about the next one that you were using. No, Parnak made my ticket as well. All great points. Uh, don't love the rail draw at that short of a price, but you know, at least the horse already has that North American experience kind of dusted off. So, uh, no issues here. Clement's very smart about where he places his horses, even at Saratoga. Uh, so we agreed on the one and two. We diverged from there. Um, I talked about one I'm going to use as well. Do you want to use either talk about the four or the seven? Yeah, the four was my third horse in. So we'll talk a little bit about Wicked Groove here. Um, that last race was really good. And that's the main reason I'm, I'm using this. And when I say that last race was really good. So 
let's this is wicked girls four-year-old season right we run once at parks we switch over to their actress barn run once at saratoga the parks race is a hundred thousand dollar stakes ran into high opinion that's a a very good horse for that that level then we jump into this race at saratoga won by marvelous mod finest work and missy greer runs third Finest Works running a stakes race tomorrow. Marvelous Mod is, was an even-money Chad Brown horse that looked phenomenal in that race. Missy Greer is a speed horse that was able to hold. It was a shorter price that day as well. I think that's going to be one of those races that comes back as a pretty good N1X allowance, especially Finest Work. If you walk, go back and you look at Finest Works, the horse that ran second there, who that horse has been running against, and then the horses that it's beaten that have won back after it. It's a horse that I've been following as a key horse throughout this entire Saratoga meet. So to see this four wicked groove show up, second time in the Atris Barn, Third time off a long layoff. Second time going two turns at Saratoga. And what I believe is a class drop. I'm going <laughs> to take a shot with a four here at eight to one. Didn't use, but can't discount it. This is uh, these last two legs. I feel like you could go a lot of different ways and uh, make good cases either way. Um, didn't make the, the ticket for me, like I said, but you know, no, uh, no shame in using this horse. What about the seven? This is a long shot for you. I'm curious to hear your, uh, your argument. Oh, I put the wrong horse in. I'm going to use a six. <laughs> Shalama. <laughs> I, I, uh, I got dyslexic and saw the there seven and two and put the seven in. I'm going to use a six. Shalama is my last horse. Are you using the six? Okay. The, I'm not using the six, no, but that makes me feel a little bit better about what yeah, you're doing. Not, not completely crazy. Look, this is when, okay, I like, I like the two horse, Invincible Gal, and Chad Brown's got the six in here as well. And the six's numbers do not fit you so far. But the winner of that race came back to win next time out in the, the single race that Salama's run in. The fact that I read picks up the mount, this isn't going to be the reason. I, that's That, for me, is the main reason why. I, this You've seen these type of horses win consistently for Chad Brown at Saratoga over the years. You're going to get at least a decent price here on a Brown horse that, if you see the projection, when look, if Brown has the favorite and he leaves the six in here, he believes the six can run with the two. And if that's the case, I don't want to have the six off my ticket and see I read galloping across at five to one in the final race of the day cost me to pick four or pick five when I'm not too expensive in it. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, my issue, my biggest issue with the six, other than the, the horse that won back next out, got a 67 buyer. So whoo, real it was a while ago. Yeah. It's been a minute. <laughs> Hasn't run well since then also in any of the races. So what am I going on with my phone? Uh, my biggest issue, if you look who owns the horse, it's Stephanie Seymour Brandt, former model, uh, married to Peter Brandt. Um, I don't want to make assumptions here, Mike, but I would just assume that all of the good horses are under one name and she gets the ones that are fun little pets because if she's had a couple horses with Chad Brown, only one of them really amounted to anything to me. It's the one that was at Tampa. Okay, here you go. You can have this horse. That's what that kind of feels like to me. Um, I'm not going to roll with, with uh, Salima here. I just think that she's not of this caliber. Monmouth, maybe Saratoga. No. I'm going to trust Chad Brown when it comes to placing horses in races. The hell does Chad Brown know? 29% <laughs> this year? Come on. I, if, if this horse scratches out, that answers the question, right? But if like yeah. if this horse stays in, I think you're getting every bit of 7-2 and two because all of your points are logical. This horse doesn't fit from just a talent perspective. You have to read between the tea leaves here if you want to use the six. And look, if I read picks up the mount and they think this horse fits here, I'm a player. Uh, last one for me. I'll go real quick. Uh, uh, the number eight, a little faith, uh, ten to one. Luis size hopping aboard a lone speed horse, going two turns for the first time and doing so on New York turf. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take this horse here. Competitive when showing early speed while sprinting. 
but really, I think this is horses leading when they hit the top of the stretch, and I don't see a whole lot of horses that are going to be right there with her early. So I'll roll with her at 10 to 1. From a speed perspective, who do you think leads and kind of how that plays out? This is one of the ones I went back and forth on. I think Runaway Rockette is going to be close to the pace early, at least. I'm not sure if we're going to be on the lead or, or we're going to be like right there. But I think the three Runaway Rockette kind of has to go from that three hole. The eight is the other horse that's really logical. And if, if Saez clears, then all of a sudden you got to get a little nervous because Saez on speed generally can be difficult. Now, you go back to that Saratoga race going a mile, an N1X state bread allowance. The horse wasn't able to get it done. Uh, sat second in that spot, um, ends up running sixth going a mile. The other time we went two turns, also faded late. But that mile and a 16th race at Saratoga gives you enough hope that the horse can get a mile, especially breaking from the 12 to 12 post and having to probably go wide there both turns. So third off a layoff, the eight showed speed the last two, should make the lead. I, I don't disagree with you. I think the eight could get a little funky here at 10 to 1. That's a, that's a decent call. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show, at least as far as the Saratoga goes. Thanks for joining us. We're going to put our tickets up here one last time. Uh, getting a little fun and a little funky, and uh, things might change. depending. I can't stop thinking about this Latruska possibly singing under Mike data, but we will give out our tickets one last time for our podcast listeners down below. I'll start. I'm going to go 1-3 with 3-6-7-8-10, singling up the center, uh, one two five seven one two eight nine. That's $80 for 50 cents. The Miranachi Crunch is going to be on Epicenter there, right out of the gate. I'm going to go with a 50-cent pick five ticket. I'm going to play one with one three eight with one five six with four seven eight nine with one two four six. That'll cost you seventy-two dollars for fifty cents. Uh, it's going to be a fun day on Saturday. I'm excited. We're going to have uh, obviously the live show covering the full. Well, not the full. The last three stakes races over there at Saratoga. So you'll get three hours of Magic and I going back and forth and some drunk people joining from a paddock. So that should definitely be fun. Uh, a couple more questions came in. We're postponing the tournament for a week due to Travers Week. So we'll be back at that, I believe, next week. We'll officially know once uh, Aaron and Jared make that call. Um, so we'll have that uh, come down here at some point as well. But it's going to be a pretty busy week. I'm excited, man. It's going to be a fun little Travers card. I might actually have to work here, Aiden, in the last. I'm getting a little hmm, – I'll have to figure it out. Uh, real quick before we move on from horse racing, uh, Saratoga, you talked about the pick five is going to pick crazy. Michael Austin, who's been in the chat a lot recently, um, is alive to five, six, seven. The five is paying 32 and change. The six is paying uh, 10.8 and the seven's paying uh, just a quarter under 21,200. If the seven hits, I'll send you a quarter. Send me your PayPal. I'll send you a quarter so you can make it a cool 21 two. That's come on. Pretty incredible. Good luck, Michael. This is a heck yeah, of a good luck. five, too. I mean, you have a 14 to one shot win that that feature, one of the three Browns. You had to get I, the eight, I thought, in the eighth race was a tough one to get to. That's a heck of a one as well. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're going to Saratoga, one, okay, someone, was it you that DM me this, Griffin? I meant to, to reply to whoever DM me this. Anyone who's going to Saratoga, you can bring coolers in no matter where you are sitting. If you're going with friends, I highly recommend each of you get your own like little six or 12 pack cooler. And just pack it with a couple sandwiches, with all the beer, whatever you want to drink. You can get, if you want to hide a flask underneath the sandwich, I've often done that. Because then you can have you open up the top, but you can put the flask right under the sandwich. And then the, the beers on top, when you lift them up, they just see the sandwich. They don't see the flask. You're good to go. Uh, so if you'd like to, to sneak anything in that way, that's the easiest Real great way security there, Naira. Real top notch. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, if you're going with a group of people... Everyone should bring their own little cooler. Everyone pack their cooler. Put one or two sandwiches in there. Put some some alcohol beverages for the day. Uh, you can always go with the classic. Buy a six-pack of Coke. Unscrew all the tops. Put Drink a third of them. Put Captain in them. And then go back. I've definitely pulled that one before as well. But yeah, anywhere in the track, you can bring your own cooler. Uh, I'm saying this so many times. 
Because I can tell you from experience, a shot of tequila is $15 at the track. A White Claw is $12 at the track. They're like two bucks at the grocery store. So, uh, you know, if you want to save a little money, have a little extra money to sprinkle around on some pick fives, just bring your own booze. The only time I ever went to a Super Bowl, I came out uh, uh, on top with a little bit of a profit because we didn't have tickets. We just went pregame. We lived in Florida and they had it at Tampa, Raymond James. So we brought two coolers and uh, and, uh, what, 48 pack of Coors Light because it was the Super Bowl beer. And we ended up selling individually. We sold off the equivalent of one pack. Uh, and people were get, walking up and offering us $10 for a 12 ounce. And they were like, now they're charging 15 down there. We're like, yeah, no, t- how many do you want for $10 a piece? Like, we can always buy more with this. Like, in, yeah, so uh, that's also you can do that. Yeah. If they're selling White Claws for 12 a piece, uh, you just, you know, be, be subtle about it. I'm not encouraging it, but you probably could just, you know, make a little bit of money, a little bit extra money that way. Not just gambling on the horses, Mike. There you go. There you go. You can also save all the cans. You get five cents a can up in New York, too. So you can make sure that happens. Oh, uh, no, there will be no mattress Mac money on the Travers, at least from a promotional perspective. So uh, oh, every, one of, every one of his big bets is all because he runs promotions uh, for Mattress Warehouse, which is what he owns, where if you buy a mattress and XYZ happens, then your mattress is free. So he basically makes these massive bets as insurance policies. It's really genius because he gets a bunch of exposure from a marketing perspective. He's also doing a good thing for the community because if, like, I know the Astros won the World Series and he gave away $6 million worth of mattresses because the Astros won the World Series. But guess what? He did okay because he had a bunch of money on the Astros as well. Um, so it, it's a it's a good way for him to kind of get exposure and make it gimmicky and, and still be able to try and bet a wild amount of money, which is good for all of us as well. Um, but there is no promotion around the Travers. So generally does it around the World Series, around the Super Bowl, and around the Kentucky Derby. So those are the times you can kind of get in on that. If you're looking for a new mattress, buy from Mattress Mac at those times. You get a, try and get a free roll if the favorite wins the Derby. Actually, that's true. Uh, I was just looking, too. He's not working. I was, where's his buddy Smile Happy at? We haven't seen him since the Kentucky Derby. Uh, boy, imagine if Kenny McPeak had a couple of fun horses in this race. Uh, thank God he doesn't. The Traverse, mostly horses that really actually belong there. Uh, nice to say. Okay, Mike, uh, you said you had college football. Uh, we want to talk about that real quick before we get out of here. Yeah, we got week week zero of college football. Before we get into that, we got a little bit of NFL action tonight. Um, Patrick Mahomes is supposedly playing at least one or two series. Aaron Rodgers is playing multiple series. The Packers are sitting all of their starting defense, and the total in the first half is just 20.5. I'm playing the over uh, 20.5 first half Packers against um, against the Chiefs. The second NFL game tonight, uh, we've got a little bit more, well, not, not as fun of a matchup, but it's San Francisco is going into Houston. San Francisco is committed that they're going to play Trey Lance the entire first half to get him first, ha- first, re- uh, first team reps. Uh, I will take San Francisco's starters over Houston starters minus three in the first half. I, I think that's a wild line. I think Houston's probably the second worst or the worst team in the NFL. Um, so I'm, I'm playing San Francisco minus three. I also played them first to 10 and first to 15 points. If you can find that anywhere under minus 150 in either of those bets, I think those are pretty solid wagers as well. So first to 10 points, first to 15 points, San Francisco minus three first half, all things I have in. Um, then we've got college football coming up for the first time this weekend, which I'm pumped for. Uh, the game that is actually taking the already? most money. Yeah, it's week zero in college football already. It's pretty awesome. I'm, I'm excited. I get to play football again. Like, actual football that counts, too. Um, the, the game that's taking the most money right now is Vanderbilt-Hawaii. Vandy opened as an 11-point favorite. It's down to eight. Uh, if you want to bet the late-night game on Saturday and you want Hawaii, do it before the weekend because Hawaii is going to be a sub-seven-point dog by the time that game kicks off. So you can get some closing line value if you want to get over a touchdown now uh, on that Hawaii game. Um, and then... 
Utah State is laying 26 and a half to UConn. They're going to wax them in the first half. If you can get anything first quarter, minus seven or less, I like Utah State. Anything first half, sub 17, I like Utah State. UConn is awful. Utah State's actually pretty good this year. So I'm going to have some, uh, laying some big points in the first quarter, first half for Utah State. Um, And then I'm going to, I got Hawaii in already. That game is going to be sub plus seven by the time it kicks off. So if you want to have action there, go for it. And then Magic, you were not on Dudes Who Bet Daily today. Um, but you did give out a CFL pick for tonight. Do you want to go over why uh, you are fading your, your your boys in Calgary tonight? Oh, I'm a Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan. Screw Calgary. No, they were good. They were good to me last week when we got that cover. The two and a half uh, was very important because they won by three. Uh, no, they're see. No, they were uh, in Montreal last week. Now they have to go the other direction across the country to go play Winnipeg on a short week. They played Saturday. Now that's Thursday night game. Winnipeg suffered its first loss of the season. They're going to make history trying to start 10-0, and and it didn't happen. And then they got a bye to really sit there and stew on it. And now they're at home at night on a team with short rest that's changing quarterbacks, by the way. Um, That's also not good. So, uh, yeah, I think Winnipeg actually destroys them. I think it's going to be a a bloodbath. So, you know, I got them at minus five. Um, I think they easily cover by a touchdown. Yeah. yeah, just the rest advantage stood out to me when you sent that over. So you have a team on short rest versus a team off long rest, and the team on short rest is flying across the country uh, to face the team on long rest, right? So it's it doesn't seem like it's, it's a motivated AF. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it seems, seems to be a good spot there, just from a situational standpoint for Winnipeg to try and get the job done. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll see if we can keep that going. But yeah, Dudes Who Bet Daily is live at uh, every Wednesday through Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. We'll be back tomorrow at that point. Uh, Blinkers Off was already out, so make sure you check that out if you haven't yet. They aired it last night. Um, I didn't get a chance to listen yet, but I know some showed up uh, and it was a lot of fun. Make sure you're following us all on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellowark. He's at Summerbomb18, number one, number eight, Corporal Overlords, at Racing underscore Dudes. Remember, they will be at uh, the Traverse this weekend, so they'll be reporting live during the Racing Dudes live show on Saturday. Subscribe to youtube.com slash racing dudes uh, so that you make sure that you get notified when we do go live. It'll be Mike and I, lots of betting opportunity, uh, betting talks. So race by race analysis, uh, a lot of fun. And of course, focus on the Travers. So let's get out of here, Mike. I hear my kid crying and I know it's dinner time for you. Yeah, man. Let's uh, let, I'm going to go make some hamburger sandwiches tonight to celebrate national hamburger day. This is a subset of a sandwich and we'll be rooting for the five, six, the seven, the left at Saratoga. Let's go, Michael. Let's get this puppy home, man. Good luck. Good luck to Michael. Good luck to everybody playing this week. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Woohoo! Go five, six, seven for Michael. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. <laughs>